Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Seven minutes after six o'clock, Sports Beat continues on this Wednesday evening, hour number two. The program ends at 6.40 tonight due to South Bend Cubs baseball. Well, the Fighting Irish back on the practice field today. Spring practice starting to wind down. We are 10 days away from the Blue Gold Game, which you can hear live here on WSBT Radio, Saturday, April the 22nd at 2 o'clock. The Irish media had the chance to watch a full practice today. Nice enough of Marcus Freeman to open up the gates for a full practice today. And we've got Tyler Horker ready to talk some fighting Irish football. He is the Notre Dame football beat reporter at Blue and Gold Illustrated. Read all about it at blueandgold.com. Well, Tyler, let me just start with this. I don't know what you were anticipating today going into practice, but what caught your attention after getting the chance to watch a full practice today. Yeah, definitely cool of Marcus Freeman. We'll start right there because the spokesperson from Notre Dame kind of came up to us on the sideline when we were all anticipating getting out of there because we thought that our viewing session had ended and the spokesperson came by and said, hey, it's coach that is going to let you watch the rest of this. So that was really awesome. And I know that there's some people out there covering sports or uh, spring practices across the country who hardly get to watch anything. And we've watched two full practices now, which is really cool. But for me, it's got to be the quarterback competition, which I didn't really think was going to be much of one. And I've come on your program before and said, yeah, Notre Dame is labeling these things as a quarterback competition, but it's not really much of one. That happened two years ago, I would say, with Jack Cohn and Drew Pine. And then it happened last year again, with Tyler Buckner and Drew Pine. Uh, Pine was supposed to lose both of those, and he decidedly did by mid-August. I would not be surprised if this thing maybe drags a little longer and we go into that first week of the season, you know, late August, coming up on August 26th when Notre Dame is scheduled to play Navy, and this sort of still be a conversation because, like I said, we've watched two practices now in their entirety from wire to wire. That's four hours worth of Notre Dame football. And I think Tyler Buckner looked like the better quarterback in both of those practices, better than the Wake Forest transfer, Sam Hartman. Now, is that going to be the case on August 1st when fall camp starts up and you're within a month of a game and now you've had a guy in Sam Hartman who's played five years of college football, who's been on Notre Dame's campus for at that point, you know, really over half a year. I mean, he got here in early January Right now it's only been three months, and it very much looks like he is a guy who is learning wide receivers and learning a new offense and just trying to get acclimated because we talked on this program about how I watched all 12 of Sam Hartman's games from last season at Wake Forest, and I wrote about every single one of those at blueandgold.com. And for the most part, outside of when the Wake Forest offensive line let him down a little bit, he looked fantastic. 
I mean, this is a guy who threw almost 40 touchdown passes and uh, about an interception per, per game, but that was because he is so aggressive in getting the ball downfield. We have not seen that aggression, and we have not seen that accuracy from Sam Hartman this spring. And again, you have to go a little deeper to find out why that has been the case, but I am very confident sitting here talking to you today on mm. April 12th and saying Tyler Buckner has been the better quarterback this spring for whatever reason. I did not imagine we were going to be having this conversation. I appreciate your honesty and boldness. I think it's a terrific conversation. So let me ask this follow-up question. You kind of laid out Hartman and what's been going on there. Have you seen a significant jump in play from Tyler Buckner? This isn't just Hartman playing down to the Buckner we saw late last year where there were some great moments in the bowl game and then there were some really shaky moments. Is this Buckner really rising the level of his game up to Hartman? Uh, For all the Notre Dame fans out there, I wish I could say yes. And I do think he has improved, but you use the word significant. I don't think it's been significant improvement. He looks like a guy who has started three games in his career. And as a freshman was basically only used in a gimmicky package and, and now is in, an entirely new offense with Jared Parker leading it as opposed to Tommy Reese. He has had his moments of, ooh, what was that, Tyler, in spring practice. It's just that Sam Hartman has had more of those. So I would say this. When we went into this thing, we thought Sam Hartman was going to be leaps and bounds ahead of Tyler Buckner. That hasn't been the case, so you drop him down a few pegs from there. And, yes, Tyler Buckner has played a little bit better than he did, than he showed, especially against Marshall. And then, like you said, against South Carolina, even when he turned the ball over three times. For the most part, he's been better than that. He has not turned the ball over in any of these practices that we've seen. He has not thrown an interception. Sam Hartman has thrown a couple. So I do think you move him up a couple pegs. And that's where you kind of meet in the middle. And even kind of Tyler Buckner gets by Sam Hartman in a way. If you drop Hartman down a couple, you bring Buckner up a couple and say, all right, they're even. Now let's really look at this on a deeper level. Buckner hasn't thrown the picks. Buckner's accounted for a few touchdowns. And this is all just based on what we've seen in four hours' worth of practices the last couple of weeks. That, that's where I make the leap to say, yes, Tyler Buckner has been the better quarterback this spring. And I think if you asked a lot of the people on the beat who you know very well and can have the conversations on the side, I think they would say the same exact thing as me. Hmm. Very interesting. So I guess April 22nd, we could have one quarterback on the blue and the other on the goal. Let's have some fun. Hey, we'll take that yeah. little little drama in the blue goal game. He's Tyler Horka, the Notre Dame football beat reporter, blue and gold illustrated, blueandgold.com. Do you think the coaching staff has learned anything about Jabran Payne at all with Logan Diggins, Logan Diggs being out for a couple of weeks and Payne getting kind of a bigger role in the spring. Do you think the coaching staff has learned some things about him, and has he taken advantage of the opportunity? I think so. I'll start right there with that second point. I've been very impressed. Uh, You go back to April 1st, which is the first time we got to watch a full practice, and he had the best play of that practice. It was a 50-yard run that he cut up the left sideline that set up a touchdown. And then today, there weren't any really big, long runs, but I looked at my colleague Patrick Engel a couple times and said, hey, if this was a real game, And they were tackling to the ground instead of just saying, all right, let's call it dead here and and go from there. I think there were a couple plays today where Jerron Payne probably would have had 
a seven yard run here, a 10 yard run here. And I think that's just what the Notre and we'll go to the first part of your question. That's what the Notre Dame coaching staff has learned about this guy. He's gotten a little bigger. I think he's added some explosiveness and some speed. He's probably been training with Audric Estime, who has done the same exact thing. I think Audric Estime looks like the best version of himself. And what the Notre Dame coaching staff has learned, that they have a guy behind Audric Estime and behind Logan Diggs. And even if Chris Tyree was still in that running back room, which it, it appears that he's not, I don't think he's going to be going back there. Even behind Tyree, a guy in Jabron Payne who – this is exactly what running backs coach Dylan McCullough said when he talked to us last week is that they wanted to find out if Jabron Payne is a guy that can be dependable, counted on. He can get the extra yard. He can make catches out of the backfield. He can do all the things that a pure running back is, is supposed to do. And that's what they've learned about him. That The answer is yes. And it's been great for Payne to get these reps because for Diggs, it doesn't sound like his injury is very significant. We actually saw him in pads today. He didn't go through – the full competitive parts of the practices they're, they're trying to um, limp him back into practices and just sort of ease him back into things. But that was another opportunity today for Payne to kind of show, Hey, if I was a number two, or even if by some circumstance, I was a number one, I could be that number one guy for you. And that's definitely what the, the coaching staff has come to find out. Tyler, based on what you have witnessed so far in spring practice and comments you've gotten from the coaching staff is there a player on the offensive side of the football that has improved their standing on that side of the ball more than anybody else I would have to say it's Tobias Merriweather and we've yet to talk to the wide receivers I think that's coming next week before Mm -hmm. the blue goal game but this is just based on what I've seen and I guess I've heard through the grapevines as well when you have a guy who, and I know the concussion kind of derailed things for him in the last couple months of last season, but we're still talking about a guy who only caught one pass last year, who is consistently showing up as basically a starter in these practices. I mean, when the wide receivers go out there to catch passes from the quarterbacks, whether it's seven on seven, 11 on 11, or even just those like routes on air concepts where all four quarterbacks are throwing to four different targets at the same time. Tobias Merriweather has been at the front of the line as one of the top three wide receivers every single time. It's him and a couple of juniors in Deion Colsey and Jaden Thomas. And we all saw the leaps that those guys made in the last couple months of last year. I think they're going to be really good players for Notre Dame this fall. So if you put Tobias Merriweather in the conversation with those guys, based on where he was last year as a guy who only caught one pass, and really for the first half of the season, even when he was healthy before that concussion, couldn't even get on the field for whatever reason that was. I think he has just improved tremendously in the last six months, and you're going to see the guy that everyone was so excited about because of the length, the athleticism, and the way that he can get down the field and catch passes. How about on the defensive side of the football? Is there someone that has stood out to the point that he's really improved his standing on that side of the ball? Yeah, um, it's going to be another guy who's a little bit older than Tobias Merriweather, but someone who is kind of in that same situation where, for whatever reasons, he just could not get on the field, and that was Jason Anye. We're seeing a, a defensive tackle in Jason Anye who is, is quick, but he's also strong. He's tough for those guys in the interior of the Notre Dame offensive line to block. Seems like every time you're looking up, you see his number kind of squirting through the offensive line and tackling running backs in the backfield or pressuring quarterbacks in these seven on, or, uh, excuse me, 11 on 11 situations. And again, we're talking about a guy who didn't even come up in the conversations when you're talking about playing time at defensive tackle last year. 
I mean, Jacob Lacey leaves the team in the middle of the season, and nobody was running to say, oh, yeah, Jason Anye, that's the guy who's going to fill that role, and it didn't happen. But now, just six, seven months later, you're talking about a guy who, with Howard Cross still on the team, and some of these other guys in the middle, Tyson Ford taking a big step, Gabriel Rubio taking a big step. Jason Anye is firmly in the conversation with those guys in a way that he wasn't last year. So I think Notre Dame fans are going to be really pleased with his improvements. Tyler Horkin, Notre Dame football beat reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com, talking Notre Dame football spring practice. I'm not sure if today you had this opportunity, but if you've had the chance to watch ones versus ones, Offense have the advantage, defense have the advantage. How would you analyze it? I would say the defense has the advantage, and that's just because things have looked a little sloppier offensively. We spent the majority of this conversation talking about Sam Hartman. I just haven't seen what I expected to see from Sam Hartman, and today he pretty much exclusively ran with the twos, so I guess – we shouldn't even be talking about him in this situation in the context of the ones, but, but even today when Tyler Buckner was running with the ones, you didn't see much flash, much flair. Maybe they're dumbing these things down for us and they're probably going to dumb it down for people who want to see something really excited in the blue, exciting in the blue goal game too. We have to take that into consideration, but when you're just talking dumbed down versions of what both the offense and defense are trying to do, I think it's been a little tougher for the offense to move the ball because you can dumb things down. And if you execute, you could still be able to move the ball. That hasn't really been the case. So, And I think that's generally the case in practices, though, where the defense just just to the naked eye, to, to the 27-year-old reporter who's sitting there on the sideline, the defense has shown up a little bit more. Uh, they've made some of those turnover plays. Like today we saw a walk-on uh, intercept Sam Hartman. And, again, that was with the twos. But Isaiah Dunn is a walk-on cornerback. And – Sam Hartman was looking for Lorenzo Styles in the back corner of the end zone, and it resulted in an interception. I mean, Sam Hartman, Lorenzo Styles, those are names that you thought were going to make an impact for Notre Dame in the fall of 2023. And if they're being picked off in a spring practice in the middle of April, I think you've got to give the edge to the Notre Dame defense because it seems like more and more of those plays are going the de- the defensive way as opposed to the offensive. Hmm. Interesting. We're almost through spring practice. Is there a position group that you are most concerned about in terms of their depth? Yeah, I just spent a couple of minutes talking up Jason Anye, <laughs> but I'm going to say it's the, I'm going to say it's the defensive line, and that's just because we talked we talked to Al Washington today actually, and it's just they're in a situation where you've got to prove it to me, you've got to prove it to 77,000 people inside Notre Dame Stadium, you got to prove it to the millions of people watching across the country that. You can lose a guy like Isaiah Foskey, the Adam Alola twins. I thought Chris Smith was awesome in the middle of the Notre Dame defensive line at defensive tackle. You've you got to prove that you can lose guys like that and bring in guys like Javante Jean-Baptiste from Ohio State and then just developing the Jason Anyes, the Gabriel Rubios, the Riley Mills even, Nano Safamenta. You've got to prove it to me that – this can be a really good defensive line, and Marcus Freeman has said time and time again that everything needs to start start up front on both sides of the ball, offensive line, defensive line. you got to prove it to me that these guys can get it done because I thought this is a unit that underperformed a little bit last season with all of those names that I just mentioned. Now that you're losing them and you're kind of working with the same cast of characters who were backing those guys up, show me the development. Show me the improvements. Show me that, like Al Washington said today, 
you can be you can be a little bit talented, but also tough. And if, if toughness has to make up for talent, a little bit of a talent gap, then so be it. You know what they say about talent and working hard and all of those things. Work a little harder if you don't have all of these top-tier names. The Isaiah Foskis who's about to get drafted in the NFL draft, you don't have those guys, prove it to me that you could still be a really good defensive line. Two-part questions. We start to wrap things up here with Tyler Horka. Number one, have you started negotiating with Blue and Gold to go to Paris to cover the Notre Dame women's basketball game against South Carolina November the 6th? What a season opener going to Paris. And second of yeah. all, your thoughts on this particular matchup? Well, I'm still in the process of negotiating going to Ireland, and I think it's going to happen <laughs> for everyone that, that follows my work. I Maybe you can get a discount stop. by you know doing two trips at the same time. Yeah, a little overseas special, two for one or, or something like that. I, I would take that in a heartbeat. But, uh, yeah, I mean, what what an event that is going to be. Uh, I hope I get to be there. Everyone that is going to be there or just watching on TV and just kind of following the social media aspect that goes along with it. You've got Notre Dame. You've got South Carolina. Two really awesome – I wouldn't say Don Staley is up and coming, but two coaches who have just been through it all in terms of women's basketball, excellent players, excellent coaches, Neil Ivey and Don Staley. Uh, they've both won diff, uh, national championships in different capacities. Obviously, South Carolina has a couple in the last uh, five, six years, but Notre Dame has one going back to Neil Ivey's time as a player and then one as her time as an assistant coach five years ago. So just so much mystique that goes with all of these, these two programs. And to be able to play an overseas game in Paris, I, I think – Neil Ivey said it best in her statement today. Women's basketball has so much momentum. It's really cool to see, and this is just another one of those things that's going to draw more eyes on the sport. Mm. It's very, very cool. I mean, one thing about Notre Dame, you get a great education, you play high-level sports, but also they take you places that most colleges Mm -hmm. don't take you to. I mean, look at football, what they have done, and now the women's basketball team. It just It's going to elevate women's basketball, which is great, but this is just another feather in the cap of Neil Ivey and the Irish women's basketball team. Not that they need any more help in recruiting, but, Mm -hmm. hey, this is just something else. You can say, hey, you never know where we may go next. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Notre Dame is in the market for – a post player with Lauren Ebo leaving the team and they're kind of being a void there. What's Neil Ivy's pitch to some of these posts who might be entering the transfer portal. Hey, uh, by the way, we're playing probably <laughs> the best program in the last couple seasons in Paris, France to start the season. Why would you not want to be a part of that? Mm. Awesome. So are you ready for the Stanley cup playoffs? I know you're a Dallas star fan. We've got the best month of the year. You could argue coming up with the Stanley cup playoffs. Yeah, it feels like the playoffs have already started. I mean, the Stars clinched uh, about this time last week, but I'll be watching them play the St. Louis Blues tonight and hopefully watching Colorado lose one of their next two (laughs) regular season games so the Stars could clinch a a Central Division title for only the second time in the last 15 years, I want to say. So once that calendar flips to April, I am all in on hockey. And I was actually listening to a hockey podcast just the other day it's just so exciting when these playoffs fire up because you've got sometimes up to four games, four or five games a day, especially yeah. if it's a Saturday, you get to watch 12 hours of hockey. It really mm. does feel like the NHL's version of March Madness. Yeah. So it, to me, definitely one of the best times of the year, April. All right, let's get more people signed up at blueandgold.com because spring practice continues and we're going to have a football game in just a couple of months to talk about. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think I was sitting at the Hesburgh Library today with my colleague Patrick Engel for about five hours, just typing away about everything that I saw at Notre Dame's open practice today. So if you want to read all of that, and then obviously he has his version as well, go to blueandgold.com, sign up for only $29.99. You'll get access all the way through that football game that we mentioned coming up against Navy in Ireland. And I guess it's almost four months. Once April 26 hits, we'll be four months to the day. So the, the summer always flies by, and once August comes around, you won't want to be anywhere other than blueandgold.com because we cover Notre Dame football like nobody else. Very good. Tyler, thank you so much for the visit. Really appreciate your opinions. Again, the Buckner-Hartman situation is going to be, I guess, more intriguing than any of us ever could have imagined. And we'll, of course, keep following your opinions at blueandgold.com, and we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, I can't wait for uh, an entire summer worth of a quarterback competition, just like everybody expected. That's right. (laughs) Hey, Tyler, have a good evening. We'll talk to you soon. All right, you too. Thanks, Terry. There you go. Tyler Horka does great work at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. If you're not a subscriber, check it out. They do amazing work covering Fighting Irish Athletics, in particular Notre Dame football and Notre Dame football recruiting. We got to take a break. We got a little sizzler, some sports wagering talk to get to coming up next. Then South Bend Cubs baseball comes your way in about 15 minutes on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 